0: S. Co and use my code Divine Healing by D to sign up and find sponsors. That's podmetrics. Co. Referral code Divine Healing by D. Good luck. Welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today we have an exciting episode. We're going to talk about Enneagrams with Vryn Rao. She is an Enneagram teacher and coach and she helps women who have very strong energies. She'll help guide you and uh, just elevate that energy of yours and it was a really great episode to record and we talked about the biggest misconceptions about Enneagrams and why uh, there's so many different types and you could have actually more than one and maybe how the test that you took prior isn't really accurate. She's going to explain all of that.
1: So I hope you guys enjoy it. i learn learned something. This is Rin and I'm an Enneagram coach and meditation teacher. Great. And for someone who doesn't know what Enneagrams are,
0: could you give like a definition. Explain it,
1: please. Yeah, absolutely. So the Enneagram is a personality framework that describes nine different energies, or ego lenses by which we see the world through. And so if you think about it, our egos are constantly looking for validation of the identities that we hold near and dear to our hearts. And so depending on the lens by which we see the world, We will internalize and process occurrences, words, actions, circumstances in very unique ways that will either cause our ego to either categorize it as triggering, for example, um, an identity such as I'm smart is being called into question, and then the ego will just blaze the alarm and internally tell us to do something to change that, or it'll be experienced as validating, oh, I'm so glad that this person is seeing me the way I want to be seen. I see. And are we born with a specific one? We are, we are. And so you can see a person's um, ego lens or or Enneagram type as early as, I want to say, like three, four or five years old, it, it mm. becomes quite clear. And that doesn't mean that the, the nurture function doesn't also have a role to play. But what's interesting with the nurture function is that it can actually sometimes make people feel a little bit um, confused because there could be a particular energy even of a family that you're born into, which may not be the same as your own. And so in a positive way, what can happen is you start to take on certain qualities that you wouldn't naturally be inclined towards. But on the challenging side, it becomes difficult because say you're born in a family that is um, very focused on achievement and mm-hmm. feeling valued and your natural inclination is more towards keeping the peace and really feeling um internally calm so that could rub up against one another i
0: see interesting okay i just i have a random question just like popped in my head i have to ask you is there a space could you could you tell us is there like a specific enneagram type for people who are classified as like sociopaths or psychopaths? Like, is there one that's like more prominent in
1: them? I don't know why that just like came up. I'm like really curious. (laughs) Such an interesting question. So pretty much any type at the low levels of consciousness could Mm -hmm. take on that kind of um, behavior or or mental state. However, there are certain types that are predisposed to that. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
0: Um, yeah, so I, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to ask, can we change it with, is there a way to change it?
1: There's no way to change it, is there? Well, what's what's so nuanced and what's so fascinating and, and also just so empowering with respect to the Enneagram is that your type or your ego lens may not change. However, mm-hmm. you can grow in your consciousness and your awareness, or you can also devolve or become stressed. And so what happens is that we start to take on or resemble another type or energy when we move into stress, and we start to take on and resemble a different type when we actually move into greater levels of awareness and consciousness. And so it may seem as though our type may be changing, but the internal motivation which is what the Enneagram is speaking to never changes, it just gets healthier, or it gets more challenged in time. Huh? Okay. So when it comes to, let's say love, I'm going to
0: bring that up, because I listen to a lot of love dating podcasts. And It's really popular to bring up, like, what's your Enneagram type? Like, how can that help you in relationships? Mm. Everybody's talking about it now when it comes to dating. Are two of the same
1: Enneagram good in a relationship? Are opposites better? Right. So common question, a great question, actually. And that is there is no two types that work best together. Okay. So first of all, let's dispense with that notion. What is the most important thing is how healthy both of those individuals are. Right. So if both people's levels of awareness are high, then even if you are very, very different in terms of how you see the world and how you experience things, there is a mutual respect and a mutual understanding as to what one person brings to the table and what the other one does, mm. as opposed to being, um, feeling confronted or insecure or just, uh, confused even huh okay
0: so any anyone's
1: any combos can work any combos can work um as long as both are healthy and if both are not healthy well then (laughs) no combination works yeah because I mean that's like an every right it is it is and so I mean if anything I would say the stress and the focus which sometimes isn't placed when it comes to the Enneagram which i I really feel should be placed is on how to actually grow our level of awareness and consciousness because that's what really helps us not just in understanding ourselves but also in in the place that 's most important to us, and that is in our relationships with others
0: can you tell somebody 's enneagram just by like having a conversation with them, or it's not that easy because I can do that with uh, zodiac signs
1: <laughs> okay uh, that's so cool yes. um, you at, over time you can so okay. there's three things um, you can as you get more and more familiar and your own understanding of the enneagram deepens there Three ways in which to kind of tell somebody's type. So one is definitely body language. So Mm -hmm. it is very helpful to actually see a person and, and, and and just notice those micro communications, right? In terms of, do they look you in the eye, the way they carry themselves, even sometimes the words that they use, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's, that's actually one that I find um, very, very powerful, the words that they use, because you'll notice that as you understand these different types, there are certain qualities that are deeply important to them. And we give ourselves away by our language.
0: Huh. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. this is probably random, but is there like a specific look for every Enneagram? Because apparently now that there's, you know, your rising sign, you could look a certain way. Your sun sign can... It's more likely you look a certain way, or looks have nothing to do with
1: it. It's more of an energetic feel, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And yeah. so you can really experience. So, for example, um, the type eight, which is known as the challenger, they just have a huge presence, mm. and that doesn't mean that a person, man or woman, who sees through that lens, is physically large. They may be tiny, but <laughs> the way in which they show right. up is huge you just feel that energy just come right at you because that's that's who they are (laughs) that's funny oh and remember I told you how I
0: took a test a long time ago and I had three what does that mean to have
1: three types? so yeah so three types or the uh or the or the type three no three types three types so there is a um, I guess you could say a theory or a, um, or a philosophy, so to speak, that, Mm -hmm. um, some people feel really helps them to understanding the Enneagram known as the tri-types, which is where they speak to, um, one having one person having, um, a leg in each of the three different centers. So let me elaborate that on a little bit more. So we spoke about there's nine different Enneagram types. Mm -hmm. So you can categorize these as triads or three sets of three. Okay. Okay. And so the first triad is all about the head. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so um, that's what they rely on the most. Then the second, the heart. And then the third, the body. Mm Mm-hmm. And so one could, there is a, um, like I mentioned, a philosophy that one can have a leg in each of these three different centers. Now, that is definitely really curious and fascinating. For myself, that is not the way that I've been trained. Um, And so I I found it just extremely valuable to understand what is your primary type? Where do you primarily come from you know what is that primary motivation because just with that there is just like lifetimes of work that can be done with that I'm sure yeah so the tri-types are interesting but you know personally it's not something that I spend a lot of time with because just understanding my primary type that's that's enough that's more than enough for me to to really dig deep and try to evolve right and you say that these
0: tests aren't that accurate. I remember you mentioning. Yeah. Why? Yes. How come?
1: <laughs> so the tests aren't accurate because if you think about it, typically with any type of um, personality test that you'll find online or on paper, it mm-hmm. gives you a set of multiple choice questions, right? Okay. And so one of the things that happens is that with the Enneagram specifically, you may want to answer, say you had four options. You may want to answer all four. And the reason for that is you You would say it depends when you catch me, right? Like sometimes mm. I may be introverted. Sometimes I may be extroverted. Sometimes I might be withdrawn. Sometimes I might be uh, dutiful. You know, there's just all of that complexity that surrounds it. And so it's difficult to get to motivation by trying to narrow it down in such a limited way. And so right. the most power and what to speak of, there's always social desirability bias. So there's always in the back of our consciousness the way in which we would like to show up. Even oh, if nobody that's else important. is yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> even okay. if nobody else is going to notice or pay attention to what type we got on this test, it matters to us. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> And so because of that, to, to prevent all of those things, it's actually much more helpful to mm-hmm. either go through a workshop or yes. else to actually um, have an Enneagram consultation. So that's something that I do where I it's a one-on-one session with somebody which is just filled with a ton of questions coming mm-hmm. from me. And what it's about is about really, real, really understanding what is the motivation that drives you? And that can be hidden and that can be difficult for a person to figure out on their own. I'll be honest. When I first came across the Enneagram mm-hmm. until that type of deep questioning was offered to me, it was very difficult for me to figure it out.
0: Wow.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. So, so I think. Look- oh, please. sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 no. Continue. <laughs>
1: it's okay. I lost my train of thought. Sorry.
0: (laughs) There's just so many questions. I'm like, I can't forget this. I can't forget this. Oh, please. I love it. I, so I was telling you I'm five, eight, six and going back to what you said. Yes. Because if I just limit myself to type five cerebral, perceptive, competent, original, sure. Yes. But I'm also bold, commanding, outspoken and aggressive at times. And then like, I read all this and I'm like, oh my God, that really is me. So I guess a workshop or a one-on-one with you would help me differentiate which one is really my type, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Because what happens is that <clears throat> this, is, this is the experience that typically a person has when they, when they really start to understand and, and their type kind of comes to life for them. One actually feels exposed, That's the indication. It's like you feel exposed and and you might even feel like, wow, my type is the worst type. (laughs) Just because it rings so true. And now what the Enneagram also offers, which has been just mind blowing for me, is that it offers a language by which we can actually speak about ourselves and about others. And it's a very nuanced language where it's the underlying tone to it is a deep empathy and compassion. Mm. And at at the same time, understanding what are people's strengths and what are their shadows and what, what are we coming in with? What do we bring? You know, how does our ego show itself in different situations, in different relationships and how can I start to understand I am more than just this ego? That's deep. That's very deep. Do people who come to
0: see you, is this like their first step into learning more about themselves? Or do they come in saying like, hey, you know, I've had natal charts done. I've done human design readings. Or is it just a mix of different people? It's a total mix. Total mix, total mix. So there's
1: people who have done all kinds of things prior to it. There are people who... Um, will add on things after they've understood the Enneagram as well. Um, And then there are those who just who who are curious and they want, like you said, want to know more about themselves. And then there are those who just really want to start spiritual exploration. Mm -hmm. And the Enneagram is an incredibly powerful tool. In fact, John Riso and Russ Hudson, who really um, popularized and, and brought the Enneagram to the forefront of people's consciousness you know, in, in North America specifically, mm-hmm. they speak to the fact that um, the Enneagram is like the understanding it is kind of like, it, it brings you to the doorstep of spirituality. Wow, I and I thought that was so beautifully put because when you understand how your ego has a hold on you and you start to actually willingly and intentionally Begin the process of allowing the ego to die slowly, 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 slowly. What you're left with, and this is what spirituality is all about, is you're left with spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're left with finally understanding, you know, I'm a spiritual being. And that the ego isn't spiritual. The ego is a material tool that helps us to navigate our human experience. And so it's helpful, the ego is helpful, but it's also challenging and it can actually hurt us and damage us when it's hold on us is just so strong that we can't, um, we can't see past that. Um, So could this help someone, for example, who's like really just
0: stuck in life, they're not really in a job that they like, they don't know where they're going,
1: do you help people in that position? Absolutely. Yeah. I've helped people with respect to purpose, mm-hmm. with respect to switching jobs. And, but the interesting thing is that's what people come in with, you know, mm-hmm. and it's always so helpful to have a starting point, but it always goes just a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand times deeper than just that. Because when you dive into ego work, which is really what the Enneagram is about you start to see so much more and then it, the seeing more and the greater awareness starts to have this humongous ripple effect into your life. And so it starts to definitely affect and change, you know, whatever it is somebody may want to start off with, but then it also has this powerful synergistic effect on just changing perspective and, and understanding The world differently. So what's the biggest misconception of enneagrams? Hmm, The biggest misconception? Um, That's a great question, actually, I would say um, a few things that you've already spoken about. So or that you've already asked, can you like, oh, you can change your type. So that's a common misconception. Um, Another one is um, that you're not, you're not born with it, you know, oh, it's just something that kind of like happens to you at a certain mm. time. Um, but actually, um, coming from the yoga perspective, in the yoga background that I have, I see how the Enneagram connects so beautifully with mm. karma. Yes, right. That, that there's right that, you know, we come into this into this um, incarnation with a specific type of oh, karma. Yeah. And that brings in a very specific cycle, physical mentality or an ego that comes with us. And so what this speaks to is the Enneagram is helping shine more perspective into what lens do we have to work with in this lifetime? Wow. Have you done um, like past life
0: regression and stuff?
1: I've gotten past life readings done. same thing. Mm -hmm. Did did you get clarity on
0: why you are a certain way?
1: Yeah, I did. Wasn't it great? I'll it's, it can be extremely powerful. It just needs to, it's just needs to happen with somebody who's really understood it properly, as I'm sure you've experienced. Oh, yourself. yeah. Right. Um, that's, that's so, so important. So, so yeah, going mm-hmm. back to your question, um, other misconceptions, I think, honestly, the biggest misconception is people forget that the Enneagram is about motivation even though that's the first thing they may hear, we don't, we don't spend enough time actually trying to discern our motivations. It doesn't often come very naturally, or at least we're not encouraged to do that. And so it becomes very easy when people see words or they see certain behaviors to just automatically assume, oh, this person is that type or I'm that type. And forgetting that, that's not the point. Those may be external manifestations, Mm. um, but the motivation is actually the key here. It's not the behavior. So
0: you think people come in with that mentality? With just like, how am I supposed to act? Not like how or what is supposed to motivate me? That's what you mean?
1: I mean, in the sense that for many of us, we haven't been encouraged to really dig Mm -hmm. deep and understand what are our motivations, right? And so that just naturally we we bring that um we bring that energy into into anything we experience so it's no fault for anybody it's rather um this may this is just a handicap of being um raised in this environment and part of the society. Very true. Right?
0: So you brought up your yoga background. I think that's really great mm-hmm. thing to connect Enneagrams to. But is there any other healing modality that you are interested in kind of implementing into your you know practice or anything else that you think would be work great with it like if somebody's coming to see you and they're saying ren i'm like i'm stuck what else should i do what would you say
1: so the two aspects that i typically um bring in to any work that I do with anybody is yoga psychology along with okay. meditation yoga psychology right what's that mm-hmm. so yoga psychology is um understanding once again you know who who mm-hmm. are we why are we here what are we meant for and in brief um to understand that we the I that I think I am you know is the soul and that is different from our senses from our body from our mind from our intelligence and from the ego and that these are facilities that we as the soul have to navigate this this journey that we we're going through in this material world but we often get caught in identifying very strongly with the body. Uh, I mean, that's why there's an entire, I mean, there's industries upon industries that cater to that, right? Whether you're speaking about um, makeup, whether you're speaking about um, hair products, whether you're speaking about clothing or any, you know, I mean, there's just so much that can, um, that just lends itself to confirming for us or almost um, suggesting more and more to us that we are this body, we are this body that we forget that we're actually spiritual beings. And right. And so to realize that, okay, those things may be interesting and those things might be helpful to us at certain times, but not to get caught up in it. Right. And so to really, um, to balance at the minimum, the amount of time we spend, obsessing on the body and everything that is related to it and starting to offer at least equal amount of time to feeding the soul that is within. Wow. That's, that's good stuff.
0: <laughs> that is good stuff. So meditation helps us do that.
1: And I would say, yeah, meditation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. Because um, just the mere fact that we, that, you know, I, I remember my my own meditation teacher saying this, and I thought, wow, it's so true. Like we don't think of this. I mean, you can ask anybody um, how many how many times do we breathe every day? Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're uh, like, uh, know. And, and so it de- it depends. Shouldn't we know the answer to that? I mean, without the breath, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be moving or existing. And so, um, he was saying that he when he was studying in the Himalayas, that he actually counted, you know, and he, he kind of drilled into us, depending on your level of health, the average for a person is 21,600 breaths it, a really? day. Stop it, really? Cool. Yeah, that's the average. And so these are, these are pieces that we don't know. And what if we could just spend some time actually honoring those things that sustain us? Right, doing that internal work, and that's what, at at least even in the very beginning, meditation starts to offer. That, for example, perhaps you may know, but this may be some new information for others listening. That there are four aspects to the breath. Yes, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Right, there are four aspects to the breath. There's the inhalation followed by a split second retention inside, and an exhalation followed by a split second retention outside, and to just spend time with that, to just become aware of it. And it's amazing because the, and this is where yoga psychology comes in the mind, which is constantly fluctuating between the past and the future rarely spends time in this present moment. Mm. Right. And so what happens is that when we are able to still the body and that takes practice itself, you know, I've, I've, been meditating for over 25 years. And it's only in the past five to six years, I have spent more time and actually doing more work on on stillness. And it, it took a long time for me to become comfortable yeah. with stillness. You know, I'm a person who who's very active and who moves around and my mind moves around. And to start recognizing that when I start to still the body, then I automatically start to still the mind. And I can shortcut that and make that even faster by linking the mind to the breath Hmm. true right
0: yeah and i think that's where reiki also comes in you're able to connect to your body but there's also this when you get deeper and deeper into it there's a way of detaching from the body because you're able to see things that you don't really experience when you are walking around and alert it's just a great way and that's what it reminded
1: me of from what you're saying so Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, Reiki is a very powerful energy healing um, process. Yeah. And also, yeah. So these kinds of um, tools are available, Mm -hmm. right? Um, With meditation, there's also um, one can have access to energy healing. You know, this just takes a lot of practice and investment. And sometimes as fascinating and as interesting as this may sound to so many people our lives don't allow the time for it right or it's very difficult for us to prioritize the time for it so um, modalities like the enneagram become so useful because it's just it's starting in a small simple but extremely powerful and nuanced way to just show us we are different than our ego
0: we are. We definitely are. Yeah, and that's what other healing modalities do. It tries to take that ego away from us. We try to get rid of exactly. it. Do you see the science of the Enneagram changing anytime soon? Where do you
1: see it in the next five years? know about that? Great question. Great question. Um, I don't necessarily see it mm-hmm. changing, but I do see it becoming deeper and deeper. And I'm also noticing that um people are starting to invest time in very specific subject matters to help those in in need so for example um this coming weekend i'm i i'm trying i'm doing a training where um the instructor is speaking about the enneagram in Greek. oh yes you know okay. so right so they're so linking it to different um areas and, and becoming more specialized and and speaking to how the Enneagram can help a person in that area is becoming more and more common for myself. I spend a lot of time. My, my focus is Enneagram and relationships yes. because you know, that's <laughs> relationships is everything for me. You know, that, that just comes for very naturally people. to me. I just, for I love most that. people
0: and it, it's on every single right? podcast, every single Instagram story, what's your Enneagram. It's like, what's your Zodiac sign. It's yeah it's not exactly. going to be what's your zodiac sign anymore it's going to be what's your enneagram type. <laughs> right.
1: Right. And and you know that's that's one thing that um I I also have to say concerns me a little bit, right? I think that um just kind of sharing one's enneagram type if the other if you yourself or the other person that you're sharing mm-hmm. with hasn't fully understand the enneagram which most people have it could how many people have gone to workshops right right or really spent time reading um it does the enneagram and it does you a bit of a disservice Mm. because it can very easily become a stereotype and it can very easily put you into a box and the thing with the enneagram is it it has nothing to do with boxes, mm-hmm. nothing. It's showing you the box that you're already in. And I'll also say this, you know, we speak to the Enneagram has nine different energy, has nine different types or energies or, or lenses. But if you bring in the fact that you have a primary type and then a secondary mm-hmm. type, so something, you know, one that supports you, and then you bring in the levels of consciousness, Ooh. there are like billions of types oh man billions so so when we say like oh i'm a type like two or i'm a type seven or whatever we're we're just we're like i said i i can't think of another word uh, or phrase than to say doing ourselves a disservice we're so much more than that Mm. you know we you know it depends on our 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 level of um of consciousness and that is constantly changing it's the same
0: thing with a birth chart you can't really say like oh yeah hey, i can't date you you're a taurus because that person might have a rising or a moon that's great for you or you have other placements in your chart that connect well it's not all about the sun sign exactly, oh my gosh. exactly. yeah it's so similar yeah. a
1: lot of these modalities are very similar Yeah. And and that's because many of these modalities are very nuanced and um, they gain popularity and they gain traction. And that's an amazing thing because that means more people have access to and and come into contact with it, which is wonderful and and hopefully can help them. Um, But at the same time, the the challenge on the other end is that it can it becomes very reductionistic. Right. Right. It just just make it like some boxes that I can tick off. So and so that's done, you know, so like now I know my Enneagram type now I know my Myers-Briggs now I know this now I know that now I that right and it's just like, okay, I have all of that. But the the purpose of these modalities and, and coming from the Enneagram perspective, I can, I can, without a doubt, say this, uh, specifically with the Enneagram is that this is something you can spend your life on and go so deep within to actually experience true transformation. And it's sad when that um is lost. Yeah. Right. And it's the same thing with astrology, it's the same thing with so many things. Reiki, so many of these different modalities.
0: Very true. Okay.
1: Well, this was so much
0: fun. I'm so glad we did it. Where can everybody find you? Actually, find out their real Enneagram, not from some BS quiz online. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so, uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I am, uh, at illuminate.nyc, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E dot nyc. Uh, you can also find me on on my website. It's just illuminate.nyc. And then, uh, in case you might be interested, I am just about to launch a course and it is going to be on Enneagram meditations. So, a really beautiful way to experience these different energies. Um-